Hello, and welcome to the We're Not Stump podcast. I'm your host, Mike Boland, and I'm a congenital amputee of the right hand. In this show, I will interview other amputees and allow them to tell you their incredible life stories. I'll also feature family members of amputees and others who support the amputee community, all in an effort to discuss the challenges and triumphs of those living with limb loss. So stick around and listen to inspirational stories and find out why we say we're not stumped. Well, hey, everybody. I'm Mike Bolin, and welcome to the We're Not Stumped podcast. I have a really special guest today, John Register. Let me give you a little background on John. John's a two-time Paralympian, a Paralympic Games silver medalist, a Persian Gulf War veteran, TEDx motivational speaker. He's also the founder of Inspired Communications International, an organization specializing in motivational keynote speaking, training, and coaching services. He's also a best-selling author with his book, his ebook, 10 Power Stories to Impact Any Leader. Even with all that and more, until just a few months ago, John was the acting president and CEO of the Amputee Coalition, where he remains on the board of directors to this day as the board chair. So, John, thank you so much for being a guest on the We're Not Stump podcast. Mike, so excited to be with you and can't wait to talk to all your listeners out there. I love the name of your podcast, <laughs> you know, because we're all stumpers out there and I, I love it. So thank you so much for, for having me on it and, and, and your amazing invitation. Oh, gosh, you know, again, I'm very honored to have you. You know what we do, and I know there's a lot of information out there on you, and I've, I've done a lot of reading, and it's just amazing. But I always want to stay, I want to stay true to the We're Not Stump podcast. And I like to start the We're Not Stump podcast with a segment that I call In Your Own Words. So, John, if you don't mind, can you take a few minutes and tell us the John Register story? Yeah, sure. Thanks for that. And so all that are listening out there, you know, my story is probably very similar to many of the folks that I get a chance to talk to in my day-to-day life and activities, running folks down in airports and saying, have you heard about the FT coalition? Uh, <laughs> and so what started out with me is I was on a trajectory uh, in the military and in athletics to to do some high-level, you know, things. One, one was I wanted to be a military officer. I was on my way to that. I just had been boarded for officer candidate school and and uh and those individuals said i was you know ready for to make that transition at the same time usa track and field news had picked me as the one to watch in the 400 meter hurdles uh trying to make my third olympic games i, I had been uh 17th i think in 1992 in the 400 meter hurdles 25th in the high hurdles in 1988 so i had a really great shot of making the the team on may 17th 1994, while I was training for the Olympic Games of the trials, uh, I, I went across a hurdle. I landed awkwardly. I dislocated my left knee. I severed the artery behind my kneecap. And then just seven days later, I electively had uh, the decision I had electively made to to take an amputation just because of poor circulation. Now, as you know, you all know out there, uh, those that acquire a disability you know that's a that's a traumatic life experience. It it really challenged me in multiple ways. That even to to this day it challenges me. It's it's kind of like the the work I even do right now, as you said in the introduction. You know why I chose to to take on the mantle of the acting CEO of the Amputee Coalition and why I chose to stay in the board chair because it it really is about you know what I would learn is no, leaving no amputee behind. But in my case, what I was happening was I was going down a downward spiral. You know, my military career was now gone. My uh, 
uh, athletic career was 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 now gone, or so, so I thought. And my wife Alice, when she saw me in my lowest moment, she came over and she said to me, "You know what, John? We're going to get through this together. It's just our new normal." You know, Mike, when she spoke those words, she really baselined my entire existence. She undergirded me with those words because many times when we acquire disability, we fear that we're going to be left behind. We fear that people are no longer going to see us the same way. And that's a scary space, a scary spot to be in. Uh, and then when you find your family, your friends, your faith come to fruition and, and equal your freedom, you begin to find yourself again. Uh, and begin to move out in a different way. So for me, that happened really quickly because my wife was, so to speak, in my corner. And my fear was not really her leaving or anything like that. My fear was, do I still belong? Am I still valuable? Am I still likable? All, the, all these things that I was thinking were different uh, about myself. So I, I swam for physical therapy, interned myself in the, in the military. And during the swimming, I, I got so fast in the water I somehow blooped up, messed up, and made the Paralympic swim team. Amazing. <laughs> and so I went to Atlanta as a swimmer instead of a 400-meter hurdler. Saw athletes on the track running and jumping with artificial limbs. I had a leg made for running. And then four years later, won the silver medal in the long jump in Sydney, Australia. Uh, just kind of one of these Cinderella incredible stories, just riches to rags to riches. Got back in a different path, everything that I wanted in the other on the other path, right, of athletics and military, still helping military athletes. I got a chance to do that by building out the Paralympic military sport program for wounded, ill, and injured service members with the United States Olympic and Paralympic Committee. Uh, so that was a program I founded. It turned into the Department of Defense's Warrior Games, wow. and then later on in Prince Harry's Invictus Games. So I got a chance to continue in that area and use my story as like an impetus. And I think we all can use our stories as the impetus for somebody else's life to help them elevate uh, in, in theirs. Um, so I, 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 that's kind of the story. And so my wife and I were now about to celebrate 35 years of marriage. We have a, we had another child during that time. You know, um, my my oldest, who was there with us when I first had, he was five at the time, John Jr. He's now about to turn 35 at the end of this year. So, you know, life goes on and we're no longer back there in our points of injury, whether it's through limb difference or through acquiring a disability, right? So uh, I think there's a time that comes in each one of our lives where we find out that we're being treated different because of the disability. And that's what we have to push through. That's why we need a community together to help us um, uh, navigate some of those challenging, um, those challenging times. Yeah, very well said. And, you know, in reading your story and, and what you were just saying too, the thing that really amazed me was you, on May 17th, 1994, you were training for the regular Olympics. You get That's injured right. and then you still made the Paralympics in the same, in the same year you were gunning for 1996. That's a compressed amount of time. You had to both recover physically and mentally. So can you talk a little bit how that transition, how that, how you were able to get through that part of your life? That's a great question. And the, the simple answer is it's day by day. The harder piece of the answer is never accepting what you've done yesterday as what you're striving for today or for tomorrow, right? You can't really live for tomorrow because 
even though you can put goals on the wall, you really have to do it in the moment and the hour because we can always procrastinate on, on some things. And the past is already gone. You, you can't relive the past. So it was really hard for me to, to just stay in the moment. I wasn't trying to make the Paralympic team in Atlanta. Number one, when I first had the amputation, I didn't know anything about Paralympics. So I, I didn't even realize there was another parallel games to the Olympic Games. Number two, when I found out about the Paralympic Games, I thought and confused it with the Special Olympics, mm -hmm. which is another fantastic organization, but works primarily with cognitive disabilities, not physical disabilities. And so I thought it was similar to the Special Olympics. Uh, I didn't realize it was the parallel games to the Olympic Games. So that's it. It's the Paralympic Games and it's the Olympic Games, not the other games. It's just the parallel, the parallel games. And my coach, Remy Korchimney, was the one who really researched it and found out and said, hey, this is you can actually do this. You, you know, your times are maybe seven seconds off in the 100 meter freestyle, but I think you can actually make a shot at it. I never thought I could make a shot at the Paralympic Games. I needed a one one minute and six seconds flat in the hundred meter freestyle. Um, I was not going to achieve that. I got very close to it. I mean, within a hundred of a second. But even not making it with that in that time frame, that time period that I had to make, I I realized that I had come so far, like you said, in that compressed short of time. And I began thinking, what else might be possible for me? I began working with youth with disabilities, with primarily amputations through the amputee coalition uh, during that during that time. So there was a lot of things that was go that was going on in my life parallel to me learning about my disability, learning about how to help others, how to be an advocate, and all these things were kind of morphing themselves in my in my world. To get more directly to your question, you know what it takes to to do that. I have a system, a process by which. I think we overcome the adversity and we can talk about that because I think as now as a motivational speaker, inspirational speaker, I call myself an inspirational speaker rather than a motivational speaker. What happens is we have a great stories, but we don't know, necessarily know how we actually did it. How do we actually overcome the adversity? Uh, so I have a contextual model now that I share with people to help them do that. And I can share that in a few moments. But when I got to the games in, in Atlanta, I realized that there was a parallel path, that, that there was something else I had not seen in my world, nor would I probably ever have seen it if I had been an Olympic class athlete. And so how do we open up our own apertures to other things that might be around us uh, to not only help ourselves, but maybe help somebody else that's on the path to extend ourselves in such a way that we see the growth for uh, for for everyone? Hopefully that makes sense. Oh, it makes a lot of sense. It and you went from in 1996 being a swimmer, as you said, but then in 2000, long jumper as well? That's correct. An American I'm a, I'm a short jumper now. My belly is in my belly. I'm a short jumper. <laughs> Are we all now? But you, you had or still have the American record for long jump in the Paralympics. Is that correct? I do have the American record. It's 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 kind of a it's kind of a technicality. There's there are other amputees that the the classification shifted from T42 track T for track 42 for four being the amputee classification, two for the level of, of functionality with inside the class. Now that that class has totally shifted, has totally shifted, and uh, so there's no more T42. 
So because there's no more T42, I technically still own the T42 American record, even though other amputees have jumped um, further than my, myself with my disability, with the disability I have, a single leg above the knee amputee. Yeah, so that's how I say it. So yes, I do have the American record that, and it will never be broken because the class is no longer there. <laughs> that's amazing. It really is. You know, it's interesting too, when I think about the process you had to go through and as I get the opportunity to talk to other amputees during the We're Not Stumped podcast, one of the things that comes across to me is when they first get to be amputees, unlike myself, I'm a congenital, but when they first get to be amputees, the misconception of what prosthetic and that journey in itself is. A lot of people think and if there's going to be people in various stages of their own journey right now. Let's say sure. Thursday, you get an amputation. Friday, you get fitted for the prosthetic. Saturday, you're in <laughs> physical therapy, where that is a much more, there's so much more time that needs to be invested in that journey. So through your own experience and your fantastic experience with the Amputee Coalition, can you kind of talk about that experience and getting a prosthetic? Yeah, I'll talk about it from a couple different levels okay. one because i had paid into a fantastic insurance group called socialized medicine and the department of veterans affairs and the united states army <laughs> uh, i was afforded the opportunity to have all of my prosthetics care done through the va so i really don't run into a lot of the issues of insurance that many people do run into so that's that's one so that's a whole different model yes. uh, structure yes and one of my fights is to make sure that insurance equity is the same that I received from the VA because we know yes. that sometimes access to care and the care that we receive might be different. But if we can get it equitable, we can prevent a lot of se secondary um, health ailments that, that come from prosthetics use. Number two, I also honor people that do not want to wear a prosthetic device. Um because it's not for everyone. Mm -hmm. And so we also share that it's your own journey. That's why it's so important, I think, to come to the Amputee Coalition's um, um, annual conference, which is going to come up in August of this year. Um, it's because we get a chance to see how we can show up in the, in the, in the entirety of a community, you know, 1,100 people being there. Uh, I think that's very, it's, it's, it's important for us to be in that community. Third, you know, my own journey, because I was able to see that quickly, I also saw there are youth that come up through our ranks in the high school or the, the junior high school, grade school level. I realized had I gone through that process in my juvenile years, I probably wouldn't be talking to you on this podcast right now hmm. because I probably would not have been afforded the opportunities. Got it. in my pathway of growing up. So that's why I'm a staunch advocate for those individuals. And I will fight that tooth and nail, even for those that are inside the community that don't see it that way. Um, because I think we all need that access to, to care uh, for that. So I'd offer to those that are out there, that's why the Amputee Coalition really exists, was to build a framework, a community, if you're struggling, if you're having any type of those issues to get to that one landing page. And we now have AC Connect, yeah. which is you can have a way to talk to your specific group of, of uh, people inside of that uh, the amputation. You know, you're you're a, a congenital, a hand, uh, amp amputee, right, or congenital. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. But there might be others that are the same, upper yes. extremity, that have similar issues. So you all can talk inside of AC Connect, 
where that module will exist. We can talk as as maybe men that have uh, limbs missing. So those are all the things that we can put inside of of AC Connect, and I think it's um, it's a fantastic way to build the entirety of these 2.1 million people living with limb loss, limb difference uh, in our in the United States. Uh, I think the final thing I would say is, as we have our own various different experiences, know that it is a process because this is something that is new and new means no prior point of reference. And if it's no prior point of reference, no matter if you're congenital or if you are acquired, there is a point when you find out that you're being treated differently because of the disability. And so that happens for everybody. That is a, that is a, a real thing that happens. So we have to be able to understand that this is this new space, whatever new is, it's no prior point of reference. And if it's no prior point of reference, we can't use old systems, old thoughts, old ideas to put into a new bucket to expect a different output. We say it, you know, generally, if we're doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result, it's the definition of insanity. Insanity. Right? <laughs> so why do we then do it? So we have to allow ourselves space and grace for the process. I didn't know how to put on an artificial leg. Just because I'm an amputee doesn't mean I have I can tell the doctor or the prosthetist how to put on an artificial leg. I don't know that yet. I have to learn that. And when I have learned that, I can't go back and tell somebody else who's very new how to do it because it's their own personal journey with inside of it. I can tell them the, the system, the process by which it worked for me. You know, mine didn't happen overnight. It was I had to learn to manipulate a wheelchair to my prosthetic appointment. I was in a hospital. I had to then learn how to put on, you know, through the casting system, how to make an artificial leg, how to do the check socket, how to walk between the parallel bars, parallel bars to four bar walker, walker to crutches, crutches to cane, cane to free walking, free walking to running, running to jumping, jumping to a silver medal. That process took seven years. Wow. And we want it, like you said, I get my amputation today, tomorrow I get my fitting and I'm going to walk out the door and, on Saturday. No. But there's some things that we can learn through this system, this process. You know, I can't remember the, I'm going to forget the name of it. The the new, you know, we get a lot sometimes with the acquired amputation, a lot of phantom pain, phantom sensation. And so there's a new maneuver right now going through the medical field into primarily the, the you know, the Northwesterns of the world where there are a few docs that know how to get those nerve endings and kind of cap them before they patch themselves. So it alleviates, it, look, it looks like it's alleviating the phantom pain. So I want to make sure people know that because I don't want them living my experience, right? So if I can get them before the amputation, talk to the doc and say, hey, make sure that you cap this thing off so um, they don't have phantom pain after it's over with. Absolutely, I want to make sure I can do that uh, uh, for, for that person that's going through. Yeah, that's very interesting. That's something as congenital I don't have to go through, but I, in right. interviewing others certainly understand that that is a an issue for lack of a better term when it comes to an acquired and I think that's an interesting way I, I hadn't heard it uh, talked to in those terms and I think that's a very interesting way to put it uh, and we're coming up just to let everyone know we're, we're recording this on March 27 uh, 2023 in four short days limb awareness month starts yes and I think that's a very what, what are your thoughts on limb awareness month and what others can do to help in limb awareness month well, I think it's a great way to advocate for the community because there are some there are some health disparities that happen. I mean, most people that are have an acquired disability 
it's because of diabetes or some other, you know, type of disease that happens. And all of a sudden, and, you know, sometimes even in, in what I can't remember, uh, when, when a person goes through some type of a, a, a surgery, right? So something happens, the arteries nicked or something, and, and they wake up and they're an amputee uh, as, as well. So because of that, uh, we want to make sure various population groups, the rights of uh, of patient rights are advocated for. You know why? You know we want to make sure, like on Capitol Hill, we're going up there, you know, as you they, they show um, that if you have like a knee operation internally, that rehab process is very different if you have an external prosthesis, right? It's not the same thing, even though a lot of the same systems and things happen when you recover. So we want to make sure those are looked at at the same light um, as an internal um, device that's being put in as the same as the external uh, device and what the, the nuances are of them. So I think it's important for that we have an awareness around it to pay attention and shine light on the the issues that need to, to, to shine light on. Uh, we're doing a new prevalence study. So right now we know the old prevalence study was like it was back in the 90s, I want to say late 90s. <laughs> um, so now we're going to update that. We've been using the old number of 2.1 million people. I think that number is going to be a lot larger. I think it's probably going to yeah. be double that yeah. once we come to it. Uh, but we don't know until we actually measure the, you know, we measure it. And so we want to make sure how people can get involved is again, you know, going through with AC Connect or aligning with the amputee coalition that our voice is is one um, because the coal, that's what a coalition is, right? It's not an office in Washington, DC, <laughs> everyone that has the same uh, focal point uh, is part of the coalition because we, we coexist with each other to, to advocate. Uh, we are all a part of the coalition. We can bring our, our, our skill sets to it. So I, I love amputee limb loss, limb difference awareness month. Uh, just just by even saying that, right? So what's yeah. the difference between limb loss and limb difference? Yeah. We can begin to have those conversations, educate people uh, on the the challenges that um, that this community has. Yeah, and I'm glad you corrected me because I was about to ready to correct myself. I was missing two key words, limb loss and limb difference. I think I just said limb awareness, so my apologies. But it's so... It's, 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 a, all, it's all good. Yeah, it, it, it's such a... a it's going to be a, a great month for our community. There's no question about it. And you've talked a little bit about your excitement about the amputee coalition. Uh, what else is going on? I know you have the YEP program. You, you talked about AC Connect, the, the the conference, which, by the way, I went to my first one in last August. It was fantastic. So I highly recommend the amputee coalition event to all people out there within the community. It's a fantastic event. So anyway, going back to addressing you and i want to hear some of your excitement about the future of the amputee coalition i, I can't keep up man it's i mean <laughs> it's uh you know when i took over we were it was we were, it was nip and tuck man we were we were struggling uh and you know the first thing you do when you come in you assess the staff who do you have on board uh, you know and and the other thing you do as a ceo and i you know i learned this i have coaching within yeah is to see what what's your what's your mission vision and values you know are you aligned to them um and i found that you know early on yeah we we really weren't aligning definitely on our values we weren't living them and the community wasn't living them so that was a a, a point of emphasis for me uh, to get our board to really set 
that those missions, and we have some amazing ones now, go on the website, look up, look at them. They align to who we are. And because of that, now we're able to implement some of these amazing programs that you see coming in as a national and, you know, kind of international community, as you saw a lot of international, I think we had 13 countries that were there that are modeling their own programs off of what we're doing. So that, that excites me because now it's just not more, more than just theory. We are actually pushing into some spaces that I think we, we should have been into a, li a little while ago. And so, yeah, like you said, with the YEP program, the YEP program used to be a camp, the Patty Rosback camp. And that was our kind of the big thing that we did for the youth. But what happens to them during the rest of the year? Yeah. And so we kind of kept kicking the can down the road, can down the road. And now Dr. Lisa Strader has put a program. She came in from the Stedman Foundation uh, and, you know, from Oprah Stedman, you know, that was his boyfriend. So got all she knew how to run this camp. She's put it into the youth program. So now we have this one kid. I can't remember his name. Oh, what was his name? Uh, he came up to me at the camp uh, last last year, and he says, you know, I said, what's, what's your goals? What's your dreams? What's your aspirations? He said, I want to be the president of the Amputee Coalition. He said, oh! I said, get over here. Sit next to me right now. <laughs> right? So it's, and that's, that excites me, right? That these youth are so, they're tuned in. Yes. And so I don't need to build a program for them. They know what they want already. So we're just bringing them into the conversation. And you can see my excitement in my voice. Uh, to to run it, so they have their own part in the, in the magazine now, and in, in motion. They have their their own podcast that's going out. They're running off on TikTok. They're doing all these things as they're building their own community, and that's what excites me about you know what's going on. The other thing that excites me is is, is advocacy, um, because we can't do it all. I mean, I, there's so many people that think you guys got to do this, that, and that's no, that's not a coalition. You are the coalition. I said that like a thousand times, I think, at the conference. Um, and the uh, the advocacy that, you know, Ashley White is in charge and running. And, and here's here's what is different about us now. We now have people on the staff who are amputees, uh, who are people in the in the disability community we have people who are wheelchair users so now when we go to capitol hill i don't have to call people to come in and say can you give me some of your time and effort and energy and let me train you up on what to say and what to speak and how to you know go on capitol hill even though we're going to do that for our hill day visits i now have people on staff who can go into those offices who look like the population we serve. Yeah. And that gives me speed. It gives me access. It gives me um, adaptability. And with Cass Isidro running the show now, you know, with her skill set, it's, we're, we're about, we're taking, we're gone. I mean, we're so far down the tracks right now on what used to be, that excites me. Um, and then with what's going on on the, uh, with the, you know, you see, you saw the, the camp or the, the conference we have a third party. I wanted a third party to come in there to really do an assessment because I kept getting too many, too many, too many cooks in the kitchen, right? And so I said, are what are we really doing well? And what can we do better? Right. So brought in a third party to, that that does conferences and they're around. They were interviewing so many people about what, you know, good, bad, ugly, indifferent, all those things we wanted to know on a on someone that was 
had no stake in the community. Yes. And so now what's being put on for the the uh, the uh, August camps, technically the 5th in Orlando, is great. I mean, I'm I'm so pleased. Uh, I don't know if I can say who's who's like our keynote speaker. I think I I think they announced it. I think they did. I, I saw an announcement. Yeah, I don't want to kill it, but uh, but we got Amy Purdy. Yeah, great friend of mine. Dance with the Stars. So double leg amputee. She's closing out our conference, right? We got Mike Schultz, right? I did see his name, Mike Schultz. Moto, Moto Mike, you know, he is the one that developed the the Moto need to go down the the, the mountain on uh, for snowboarding and for all the high extremity sports, and he sold it to his competitors, right? So he's going to be at the conference, and we have so many others who are from the 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 people that give us our major grant that will be there. Uh, so th- all these things excite me because these donors sponsors. The people that have, you know, kind of on the fence, kind of waiting and seeing about the amputee coalition, which we are going, they are back. Yeah, they're back strong. They see our vision. They see our focus. They see our direction because we took that pause to really align ourselves now. And yeah, that that has got me so. I am so fired up. <laughs> uh, but what what this team is doing, Jerrica Thurman is doing such a fantastic job for us. Ashley White, of course, you yes. know, leading her team. Jerrica, uh, um, um, uh, Dr. Strada leading her team. You know, um, uh, Trinaya that works on on Ashley's team is we have a workforce development program now that that's in and robust. That's fantastic. So it is. I mean, we are so far. We are looking like a rock star organization. Yes, we're 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 pushing into stuff like Christopher Reeves Foundation type stuff now. We are really pushing into those those areas. So we got to look there. There's going to be some growing pains with it, right? We're not going to get everything right. I know that. We know this. But we're we're going in the right azimuth. We're going in the right direction. And uh, yeah, I'm, that's what excites me. You know, it's pretty neat too. You you mentioned the team, and, and as I've been a part of and looking at it on LinkedIn and seeing how the team is growing, and even from my own perspective and talking to some of your team and the team on the MPT Coalition, what a what a top notch group of people. And that's going to make it exciting, having that strong base of people to really bring yeah. us forward. And then to your point, the coalition is all of us. And I like that point right. quite a bit. So one other question, what's next for John? Because we're talking about the MPT coalition. You've got a lot going on. You've got your books. You've got your, your company. What's next for you? What are you looking forward to in the next few months, next year? Yeah, so I kind of taking the MPT coalition hat off and kind of going into the um, – uh, kind of personal. Yeah. I developed a company called Inspired Communications International when I was going through this whole process. And I, I shared earlier that I came up with a the adversity. And the question I was at, at trying to answer before was, how did I overcome my amputation? And that is a very different question than the question I'm answering right now, because mm-hmm. I didn't overcome my amputation. Because had I overcome my amputation, I would have my leg back. And I don't. And so this aha moment became this thread of articulating a process. And I thought long and hard about it. I think I had about 95%, 96% of the way there. And I'm really excited because companies I get to share this with now are really resonating with it. And you only know if you have a product if if somebody's buying it off the shelf. If no one's buying it, you don't got got a product. (laughs) And so this one's starting to fly off the shelf and it's transforming adversity into advantage, how to conquer life's hurdles. Great mark. And so that is, um, (laughs) (laughs) that is the, the excitement that I have right now for our business. 
I just wrote another book. Uh, it's in the process of going to the first editor. Um, we're still working the title, but that's it's gonna that'll be around the title. That that what I just said is it's kind of and that will be the title, the working title of, of it right now. And it it walks through those that process. And the first process of this is the reckoning moment. The reckoning moment is realizing we do not get back what we desire to have back after some type of trauma has impacted our life. So whether that's the loss of a loved one, a transition to a job, transitioning from high school to college, something is done that we don't get back what we need to have back. But we have a desire to repeat or say, I just wish things would go back to normal. Dang, you know, high school is so, so easier than college. I just want to go back to the way that used to be. So those things are in our mind, but we it's gone. We we don't have it, but we haven't thought, we haven't accepted that that has that has moved forward. Once we accept it, that's the reckoning. We hurdle into the we hurdle the reckoning moment. And we're now into the revision moment. And the revision is having a vision of what is possible for my life. But there are three things that hold us back. There are other people that believe for us what we can or cannot do, which is based on what they believe they could or could not do if they were in our situation. And there is society. Society dictates to us the normalization of how we show up. Um, you know, you're a risk, a risk above the risk to amputee. Maybe you watch Captain Hook. Captain <laughs> Hook wears a claw. You know, he's got a hook. He's dark. He's mysterious. He's got that funny mustache looking thing. And because of that, now you see yourself as the villain. And society has made us the villain. We have movies like The Joker that talk about mental health challenges with people. Yeah. So now we want to have a conversation about mental health. We can't because we poured all our money into believing all these Hollywood pictures that depict people with mental disabilities as the villain. So yeah. we have to get past that piece. And because that brings us to a sense of belonging, it's very hard for us as an individual to make the jump, to jump that next hurdle. Uh, and once we can jump the next hurdle, which is the second hardest part of my model, now we land in the hardest part of the model, which I shared a little bit earlier, and that's the rebirth. The rebirth is when we know that we have made a commitment and it's all brand new now. We're in a new frame of mind, a new point of reference. That doesn't mean I have phantom pain taking me back to the way it used to be. The difference is I made a commitment and I cannot go back to the way it used to be. Once my limb is gone, I don't grow it back. I'm not a chameleon. I can't, I can't grow it back, right? So therefore, I might have phantom pain to that, but it's no longer accessible. I might want that relationship back, but it's already gone. I might want to go back to high school, but that is gone. I cannot go back to the way it used to be. And now I have to give myself the space and grace to grow in the new. Yeah. And that's that's a challenge. Yeah. Um, because other people might not see it like you see it. And they still want to have input into it. But you've already made the commitment. You've already made the decision. Now you got to grow in it. You're, you're stuck with your marbles. you got to grow. you got to play the hand you're dealt with now. Absolutely. And when once you've done it, now you're in the resolve. Uh, you're hurt. You've hurtled that into the resolve, and now in the resolve, you are running freely. You're at the you're at the kind of last half of the race in the hurdle race, and the, the hurdles are coming up quick. And they're and I'm getting over there. I'm getting over there quick because you throw something at me, I can hurdle right over. I got it. Uh, in that in that space, and then you hit the finish line and you won the race, or you're second, or you're third, or whatever. Whatever the medal is, you celebrate the success. But there's, but there's another race that you got to run. So you celebrate the success because you can be at the 
the the the the celebration or the reward phase at your life in one area, but at the reckoning moment in another area of your life. And in another area of your life, you can be at the rebirth. In another area, you might be at, at the resolve, right? So there's you can be at all these different levels, and you can now see the level in other people. And that's not to lord ourselves over someone else. It's to empathize with where they are. Hmm. Very good. So very good way to say it. Trying to say again. Uh, that's a very good way to say it. Yeah. So you maybe you're at the a point where you got to make a commitment. You got to make a jump, and I know you got to make that jump because I've had to make that jump. I don't say, "Come on, Mike, you got this. You can do it. You can just jump. Just come on and jump." No, I say to you, "I get it, Mike. Yeah, I was where you were. I know how hard that is." I know you have these other people in society that's that's holding you back from this. And I know it's scary. And you got to walk this road, brother, alone. You can't, I can't make this jump for you. Hmm. But I'm going to be with you. And I'm going to be on the other side for you. Because I know that jump that you have to make is hard, it's scary. But you got this. I'm with you, right? So I'm empathizing yeah. with you as you walk through this process. But you have to make it. You have to make that choice yourself and i'm going to be with you and be with you on the other side to help you grow in that new space to what you need to be and then maybe later on you have to do the same thing for me because you've walked and in the are in the reckoning or in the the resolve moment and i'm struggling with maybe a financial commitment or a, a, a relationship issue or uh, or something else that's going on in my life that you've already nailed and conquered. Maybe I want to start a podcast and you've already done it and you say, yeah, you just got to turn it on, John, you got to do it. Now, I don't know if people are going to think about it. Hey, don't worry about that. You got this, right? I'm going to be with you. I'm going to celebrate you. I'm going to promote your podcast when you get that thing started, right? So that's how we show up for individuals with empathy along the way. And that's the, the the model that I'm so excited to now share with other people, with other businesses. I just did one for Samsung, for Orkin, wow. you know, the pest control people, yes. for Southwest Airlines, for American Airlines. Wow. So all these folks in the disability market, they're really picking up on this because a lot of us, you know, myself included, sometimes we just don't want to make that jump. We don't want to. But uh, my mantra is um, when when our truth outweighs our fear, we will commit a courageous life. And very well said. And as you were talking about the other side, and I and I look at you and your life, you were training for the Olympics. Something came up. Uh, maybe you had a little dip. I don't know. But the John of today is an amazing person. And you can debate whether it was that person was possible without going through what you did. And when people ask me about my situation about having one hand, I, I just say, I, this is the way I'm supposed to be. I don't know any other life and I am perfectly happy with how I am. And I sense that with you as well. Is that, yeah. Is, yeah. I, I think it's, you, you hit something that I think is the general theme. Um, and that general theme is, can you be okay with who you are without anybody else, their inputs, um, you know, there, there are folks that have come and gone in my life. Uh, people I've, I give, I give the same advice. I don't, I don't change it up because it, it, and it's a commitment they have to make, right. And some people do it and some people don't, I, sure. I, I can't control whether or not you're going to jump or not. Yeah. Um, but, but what I can say, be consistent in that and that, that freaks some people out, right. Yeah. Because 
you're so assured of who you are and how you're showing up in that moment. It can, it can, some people just can't handle your light, right? They just can't handle it. And that's okay. You know, that's, that's, that's fine because I might be able not, not be able to handle somebody else's light. So that's, you know, so I, I always put it in that context. I'm not here to, you know, say I'm better than, or worse than, or anything else. I'm just showing up as myself. Just like you say, you show up as yourself. This is what you get. What you see is what you're, you're going to get from, from me. Um, and I think that's the important part of the conversation. Can you accept who you are in this current moment of, of your life? Because who you are is who you've made yourself to be. Yes. No, no one else did that. You made the choice to be where you, where you are right now, right? Uh, whether you took advantage or not advantage of, of opportunities or whether opportunities were taken away from you or whatever, however you chose to show up is how you are right now. That is all on you. Yeah, it's interesting too. You know, I show up as long as I show up. If people don't ask me to juggle, use air quotes. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm kidding, of course. I, again, I, I'm I'm so comfortable with it. I, I love having one hand, and I wouldn't. Again, I wouldn't change it. Yeah. And I can tell from your voice, you wouldn't change the way you are because you've made so much of yourself and continue to inspire and lead people in in our community. And I, my hats off to you. And I again, I am very honored. You took the time to speak to me on the We're Not Stump podcast. Uh, John, I've taken Absolutely. a lot of your time already, and I would love to have you on again. And I, and Yeah, for sure. You have so much more to share. You're such a busy person with everything you're, you're looking to do and change and, and help, and there's so much more to this story. But again, you know, it, thinking that how much time I've already taken, I just want to say thank you for your time, and I, I can't wait to see you at the conference in August. The oh, I can't, I can't wait. Yep, yep. We'll, we'll do it. We'll do it. We'll do a, a stump bump. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. John, thanks again. For being You're welcome. Person. Thank you. That was the We're Not Stump podcast, hosted by Mike Bowler. If you want to be a guest on the program, reach out to Mike at his email address, mike at mikebowler.com. This podcast is produced by One Hand Man Productions. If you are looking to start your podcast, go to onehandmanproductions.com.